Welcome everyone, this is Tyler Byrne with Lo-Fi Lit. On today's episode, I talk to Lucy K. Shaw, writer of Woman with Hat. Cool. Um, well, actually, I'm in Spain right now, and uh, it's kind of cloudy today, but it's really nice. I just went um, for a little walk before we started, and uh, it was very calm. You're in Spain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... I just got here a few days ago. I'm in the southwest of Spain, in uh, Conil de la Frontera. So are you coming over to America when um, Sebastian and Caroline's books come out? Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be in May. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do some readings. Definitely one in uh, New York and one in Philadelphia and one in um, Western Mass somewhere because... Mm -hmm. That's where they. That's where Caroline lives. Um, maybe other places, but we haven't figured that out yet. When your book came out, you didn't announce like any dates or any pre-orders. You just like you dropped it. Mm -hmm. So, what was the yeah. decision behind that? Uh, I guess I just felt like I had done when I did the Toisian Berg book uh, in twenty twenty one. Kind of made a big deal out of it. Uh, out of that and out of uh, Sarah Jean's book, We Die in Italy. And um, I just thought, like, oh, I don't need to do that again right now, you know? Like, I don't want to make a big fuss, especially because it's like, because we, we're doing everything ourselves. Like, it's it's like you uh, or me who has to, like, generate, like, uh, all of the events and, like, excitement, I guess. And so I just thought, like, oh, I don't really want to do that for myself. It's, like, um, exhausting. And what is the point, like, if I'm not going to enjoy it? So I just thought, just try to kind of be low-key about this one and, like, let people read it. And then, you know, uh, I'm happy to, like, I'm happy to talk about it and stuff. I just don't need to, like, have a big fanfare <laughs> right, you, right now. Do you think you would, like, if it, like, had, like, bigger book sales, would you, like try to generate like fake inauthenticity within yourself to go out and like do like a to do all that stuff that you didn't want to do uh i don't know i mean i have no idea um yeah it's not that i'm like opposed to doing that stuff ever again i just felt like for this book it like didn't feel necessary like i wanted to do the book because i wanted to write it mm -hmm. and like i i also don't feel like like I think that part of doing all of that stuff is obviously it's helpful to to like me and and in and in that case Sarah Jean as well but it's also just like it's fun for other people right like it generates like a sense of like community or whatever like you mm -hmm. you get to see people and you get other people to read and like everybody's having a good time and like hopefully feeling excited to do their own stuff so but we're going to do that anyway because of yeah. we're doing other books with um, Sebastian and Caroline. So it's like, you know, I, I don't mind if, if it's not. Yeah. Like, right. I don't want to make it about me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you, you do things. You're like, you'll do something one way. And then the next time you put out like a book or you do like a website, you'll do it entirely other way. Yeah. <laughs> you like Thank subvert you. people's expectations of what you're going to do next. I don't know, um, but I mean, I just want things to be interesting, I guess. Yeah, you were so, working like, when did you come up with the idea for the Advent 
calendar? Uh, not very long before. <laughs> yeah. um, no, the reason why, well, I came up with the idea because like, um, so I teach, um, I teach Chinese students and um, I was making a, an advent calendar for them because I was like telling them like about like what, what people do around Christmas time in the, in the West. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm making this thing. And it, I was like, oh, this could be a cool poetry thing instead. Like, so I made two advent calendars, one to teach people about Christmas and about holidays and stuff, and one um, with just poetry and stories and things like that. So, yeah. And then once I, I just had the idea, I was like, oh, this would not be that difficult. I just have to ask enough people. And then, um, I mean, it, and then like work on it every day for for 24 days i guess or like mm -hmm. you know uh which is fun like it felt like a, a a nice kind of like ritual or something like made i don't really um it was awesome yeah oh thank you i don't really get like into the like that was that was the good part about like that holiday period or whatever for me i was like oh i get to do this you know so and did you get uh, used to like working on the website a lot because I noticed after the when you you're taking it down and you're preparing for this book to come out I noticed like I'd go on the website and you would be it would be like in flux like almost every day like at the end of January yeah yeah I guess so um I mean I don't know very much really about websites and stuff but mm -hmm. I just like it's like easy you know to like I just use Wix or whatever and yeah. like it's it's easy to like make things look really different so I like um doing that and then it, yeah it's um uh, it's nice that you noticed because oh, I guess one. the way that we like use the internet now it's not really that much about like going to websites and stuff anymore right like um obviously most people experience stuff through their phone or whatever or just like they see something on Instagram but I like making the website look good, like for the computer. Like you can, you know, like you always have to make like a mobile version too. Yeah, it, I know. It Go always on. looks like worse, and it's because everything's yeah, everything's tiny, and it's just like. But you know that that's how most people are going to see it, mm -hmm. because they just click a link, you know, quickly or whatever. But I like making it so that like if you go to it um, on your computer, that you have like. Uh, like just an interesting uh so something to look at where you're like ah like i didn't expect it to be that way before um, we get into woman with hat i mm -hmm. wanted to ask you about this book it's called ethical like pet ownership <laughs> wow i can't believe you've got that <laughs> yeah it's... when you come yeah. up with the idea and like what was the process oh that's really i mean actually i feel like i just shouldn't have used my name for that book i like it's it's not my idea. It's like I did that um, as like a job. Like I just wrote that. Oh, really? Yeah, there was like a series of like um, of books about different topics, and I got to choose that one. I mean, I oh. am interested in it, but like, okay, yeah. So you didn't like do it because you thought like, oh, technical writing will like make me money or something. Well, I mean, it made me money in in the moment. It's not like it wasn't a lot, but um, oh, okay. Yeah, I wrote that. Uh, it was like maybe like I don't know, uh, twenty seventeen or something. 
I was in Croatia the whole time, but on this like little island. And I just had to research like ethical pet practices and stuff, and then try and write like a book for teenagers about <laughs> that topic. It's good. Um, or like, it was interesting. I'm glad that I did it for myself because um, it, it wasn't something that I'd thought about that much before. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm like, oh, like, obviously, if I ever want to have a dog, I have to adopt them and like, you know, I have to do everything um, as ethically as possible. But yeah. <laughs> did, did you learn like about publishing like through that avenue? And did that help you like start publishing your own stuff? No, actually, like I learned about publishing from like YouTube. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, like I found, um, I mean, I guess I, well, this is like a long story. <laughs> a few years ago, or like when I first got introduced to this kind of thing, publishing small press books and stuff, it felt to me like every small press was basically a lot of them were run by like some guy who was like mm -hmm. a bit older than everyone else, like probably some guy like in his forties, he's like got a bit of money or enough money that they're just gonna like throw away on like printing out some copies of a book that they're gonna have in a box in their garage or whatever. And that like, that therefore those people were like the arbiters of taste and they got to decide like, you know, what like younger person they were going to shine their money on um which is i mean not anything really there's nothing wrong with those people doing that it's good right it's like um helpful and um a lot of cool stuff happened and you know still happens but i always felt like how would i like have enough money to do that or like also like logistically like how would I be able to distribute the books internationally and it just seemed like impossible so I always stuck to doing things online just because like it was free. I mean it's more or less free you know like you need like to pay for a website um but mm -hmm. it's not it's not um it's quite a low point of access so I was I did that and also like you know you could make things look cool you could have art you could like have videos and just do things that are not possible to do in books um and yeah i remember like when gabby did illuminati girl gang mm -hmm. uh, magazine uh i think she, it was it was like full color it was big i feel like every time she did an issue she had to spend like about a thousand dollars or something to like have like a hundred copies printed really wow something like something like that and then like and she was really young, so like, oh yeah, and she was just doing that by herself, which was amazing. Um, but then it would be this thing where it was like, okay, now we have a hundred copies of this magazine, we have to sell them just to make back the money, or you know, like potentially make like a little bit back, a little bit more, or whatever. And so, like, obviously at that time, a lot of energy from her, from her, from everyone around. Um, involved i guess was like we have to <laughs> we have to get people interested in this because we have to sell um what we're doing uh so I, I always just felt like i can't really do that because i don't live in the us and that's where a lot of people who would read it would be and like how would i ship it to them whatever so it just seemed like oh, i'm not going to do that um 
but then I like oh like over the years like some presses started to use print on demand is what it sounds like <laughs> you don't have to print like a you know a hundred or a thousand copies of a book you you can just have them printed when people order them from oh, really a, yeah so like yeah. so that's what we do now it's like there aren't like there aren't like boxes of copies of Vague or oh. we die in Italy or whatever somewhere. Wow. They're, they're just literally printed when somebody orders one. But to me, there's like a lot of upside. It makes things possible. Like you use the technology um, to help yourself, I guess. Um, so, yeah, there's a press called Dostoevsky Wannabe. Yeah. You know, them. Mm -hmm. They they just use, well, at least last time I checked, they just use the Amazon. Uh, Amazon's like KDP, which is their publishing wing, to um, to print their books. And I remember that I like went on their website. I was interested in it um, because I had some of the books, and I was like, "How does this work?" And I went on their um, website, and they had like a a big explanation about how they did it, about how that all worked, and I guess also about like the like ethical concerns that you know some people said like oh why can i only buy your book from amazon like why isn't it available in other places um and so i read that and i was like oh that's really interesting um and at first i think i was like oh like you know everybody hates amazon for you know good reasons would they like like is there another way to you know like can you work with that or whatever um and so once I read their sort of defense, which I mean, it's probably still on their website. It was interesting, I, you know, check it out. But um, I was like, yeah, you could just kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you don't use these things, because it's mm -hmm. like they have the technology and the international distribution. It's not going to like me publishing a book using those channels is not going to or me not doing it rather is not going to do anything right me, yeah. me doing it is also not really going to have any impact on it like it's already happening mm -hmm. so if nobody else is going to help me like why wouldn't i use this evil thing to, to help me yeah. you know um but also like i realized um from so i started watching like youtube videos and stuff but there's a lot of people online who like self-publish their books that are, but it's not like kind of stuff that like I would read. It's more like usually like a fantasy or romance or sci-fi mm -hmm. or sort of genre type books. But it seems to me that in their world, uh, which is kind of like a parallel universe, they, they call themselves indie authors, which is <laughs> like basically the same as people who say indie lit or whatever. Um, there's no shame or like, there didn't seem to be that much no reason why you wouldn't do that you know and so mm -hmm. there's all, the, all these videos where people explain to you like this is how you this is how you format a book this is how you design a cover this is how you um upload to different platforms this is like how you distribute to different countries or whatever uh yeah so it's just like loads and loads of videos step by step of how to do those things presumably are they, those people want to build their audience and hope that i'm going to read their sci-fi novel which like obviously i'm not yeah. but <laughs> but um i i don't i mean also i guess they're just like building their youtube presence 
Um, but yeah, you just realize, or I realized like, oh, the, like, this is quite possible, you know? Cause there was mm -hmm. a lot of stuff where I was like, I don't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't know how to do all of these different things. So when we did, um, I, I think basically like I was learning about all of this stuff and I was like, this isn't that hard. Like I could do this. Um, and at the same time or around, yeah, around the same time I had been writing a lot and I was like, well, how about uh, trying it out, I guess. And then I spoke to Sarah and she said she'd also been writing a lot. So we decided that we would like experiment on it and, and, and try and do it. So yeah, that's how I learned <laughs> to physically produce the books. Well, I'm glad it's on Amazon because <laughs> I mean, I'm not like big, like supporting Amazon, but like, it's pretty cheap actually it's like only 8.99 on amazon and it came to me like within like a day or two so i really right. like it <laughs> right well so yeah so actually i guess i should say this so we use what you sh what one should do if they're trying to do this which you know why not anybody who listens to this um you can easily do this you can you upload you can upload to amazon and put your book on there and it's free which is amazing um and you can also up, you also upload to this website called Ingram Spark, which is like a another publishing printing service, um, and that costs like fifty dollars to upload your manuscript and cover onto it. Um, but that gets it available at other places. So like people can order from like Bookshop.org or Barnes and Noble or like loads and loads of bookshops like all around the world, like Waterstones in the UK or like. I don't know. I remember like last time, like somebody asked me like, oh, I'm in Sweden. Like, where can I order from? And I looked at the distributors in Sweden and I was like, you can try this place. Like, obviously I don't know it. Like mm -hmm. this, um, but yeah, so actually it's, you, you can, and you can also do it without using Amazon. You could just use the Ingram's back thing. Um, but the point is for me, I think is like, I want it to be accessible to as many people as possible, as easily as possible because also, the thing about the uh, the thing in the past where everybody had like a box of books is that if you don't live in the same country as that person, it's basically impossible to mm -hmm. to get a copy. Like there's there are so many books that I have never had because shipping to France would have been like twenty five dollars, and the book itself oh, would have, you know, like the book would have been like twelve dollars, <laughs> and yeah. then it's just like, well, I'm not going to do that, I guess. Um, so yeah, it, this is easier, um, and 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 it it means that more people can get it quickly, and yeah, I guess also for this book, like you said about it being cheap, like you can you set the price yourself. Um, so when we did Toisin Berg and uh, we die in Italy, we were like, oh, we're going to set the prices of the books at like what is basically the price that other people's books are because we thought, I mean of course you get some money for it but just because it looks like it would it would be like why would our books be cheaper like we have to sort of you know you have that idea that you have to like assert your value or whatever that you know like you're just as important as anyone else um mm -hmm. but for this book i i just thought oh, everything's so expensive now and like i don't you don't make enough money from doing this or i didn't you know really? like from like I just thought it doesn't make it doesn't make any difference if I make a few extra dollars like on every on every um 
copy that's sold, like it's not going to change my life. But if more people buy it because it's cheap, then that's nice for that. You know, like that's and and mm -hmm. I've tried to write something that I think will be like exciting to people. You know, so I want them to like. I'd rather they had it than I had like an extra four dollars or something. You know. So your goal isn't <laughs> to like quit teaching and just publish books. Uh, I mean. I not like anytime soon. It's not that I would. It's not that I like wouldn't like. Well, I mean, I actually like my job, so uh, I feel like I'd find it quite hard if, like, if I was only writing. Mm -hmm. Like, what I write a lot about. Like, I like get. I use it for as inspiration a lot of the time as well. Um, so I feel like I wouldn't have much to. I wouldn't have as much to say or as much like insight into um into what how the world works um and I'd, yeah it's not that yeah it's it's not my it's not a big concern right now or a big goal do you it's think easy. you'd ever write like a novel like zadie smith uh you mean like a sort of like traditional classic novel type yeah. thing I don't know. Um, I want, well, this year I said to myself, like, you know, like in a New Year's resolution where I was like, this year I'm going to write a novel, um, which I haven't done yet, but it's only the 5th of March. Um, but uh, it's, I'm not really sure what I mean by that when I say it. I, like, what I want to do is, like, try and write something long and, like, difficult to manage you know like something that's like really like a something that you have to uh spend a lot of time with and like work through um and like i guess hopefully kind of grow from but um at the same time i kind of don't find that kind of novel very interesting mm. so i wouldn't i don't think it would be like that um but yeah this is something i'm uh I, you know something that i think about a lot because obviously i also write a lot from my like life and at a certain point you you, you know if you want to take that really far then you you have to fictionalize more and you have to uh obscure things or like you know just yeah just actually make mm -hmm. a lot more stuff up and so i'm not sure what well, about uh, like in this in woman with hat which everyone go go buy now uh you can there's a there's a they're like vignettes there's lists and there's like anecdotes and then there's one little story called like the chronicle of like Tife or Tafe, mm. and that felt like a fictional piece to me. Like you're experimenting with like your own writing styles and what you write and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's I guess it's like fictionalized, but it is based on a true story. Yeah, I um, I would say that this I think this book is like probably the truest. Of all the of all the books that I've written so far, even like, truest, like you lied in the other ones. I mean, I wouldn't call it lying, but like there's stuff that 
there's stuff that I can when I if I look back on it I'm like well yeah that's not what happened you know like I I made I made a better story or something you know or maybe you restricted one side of the story just on the page yeah I think like I also uh like especially like like in the motion there's a lot of stuff that's like not true like that I, really? but I yeah like I thought that that was how you I thought that was how you wrote, you know. I thought that's. I was in. I, I wrote actually actual fiction stories at the time, mm-hmm. um, and then I. But these, they were kind of like in the in between. But there's some where I was like, oh yeah, I kind of like, maybe, maybe I like wanted something to happen in a certain way, or I kind of thought, oh, what if that had happened instead? Um, it's not like just out of nowhere, but it's yeah, you know. But I mean, sometimes when you if you i think like in a way it's like does it matter what what really happened because now years later if no one remembers or or no no one else was there or whatever it's like well that's basically the record so Mm -hmm. i don't know (laughs) it's a it's a weird thing to think about so in this book the conversationalist um which there's a there's several scenes or not scenes but like chapters of the conversationalist i really liked those in the way because this does feel like i mean you write in a very like straightforward and simple way but like the way you constructed the book it kind of feels like a book of poetry because you're not like telling the person exactly what the organization of the book means and it's very free to the reader to interpret the meaning themselves and i felt like in the conversationalist it felt like these there were just like these people it just feels like everyone's always on the move and they're always trying to learn something and there are just like just different people in like different parts of their lives yeah um i mean so the conversation so there's two like oh there's kind of one piece mm-hmm. called conversationalist and it's split into two parts and one's at the beginning of the book and one's basically at the end um and they're all like short descriptions of um conversations that i had with people online who were like learning english um usually i teach children and usually i teach the same people the same students for like years or whatever oh really yeah like i mean obviously new ones come along but like a lot Mm -hmm. of my students i've known for a long time um but i um sometimes I've also done like classes with adults but they're not really classes they're more just like conversation practice I guess um and usually with those because I don't do it very often it's like they're just always going to be like random people who I've never met before mm-hmm. um and then basically I never see them again because I don't like have a regular schedule or I don't, we don't really want to see them ever again you know yeah. um, um so and also like that it's not a very well paid thing to do like you don't get very much money from doing it but it is really interesting i had this idea or it was like oh i'm doing this because i want to like make some extra money or something it takes a long time you know like it's kind of and it can be quite boring depending you know because sometimes you have really amazing, interesting conversations with people, but then sometimes 
not at all you know like sometimes someone doesn't speak the language well enough to do that or sometimes they just like don't have anything to say to you and you're kind of like prying them for information you know just kind of so like is but, it like the same format of you teaching someone or you like you're ha having conversations with them yeah so basically what i i realized like oh what would make this more interesting for me is like if i started writing down like stuff that people tell me or mm -hmm. like what they talk about um because and then i was like then it's like i'm getting paid to write in a way you know because mm -hmm. like not very much but it's like uh i could i was sort of telling myself like this makes it worthwhile like it's just kind of like an exercise that i'm doing I, I didn't really know what i was going to do with it but i just like I kind of started a document where i kept these like short paragraphs and some of them you know like would have would become like longer things but i wanted but then i realized like i wanted this this piece with them to all be about a similar length about like one paragraph long um but yeah so you get this sense of like you know i talked to this person in japan or whatever and then I, the next person is just like in a completely different place they're from like mm -hmm. brazil or something and they just you know obviously because um because of because we're people like they we just start talking about our lives and about like the things that are difficult or going on in general um and so you get this like picture of sort of what's happening in the world outside of the people that we know immediately or whatever yeah i thought it was a cool thing to put like at the beginning and the end of the book because it's kind of like uh, you know a book about a lot of it's about me and people i know and about my you know like my small life um but i wanted to have this sense that like of course there's all this other stuff going on and like put it in like um a wider in like a context that is of the time as well because obviously people's concerns are like the fact that like they that everything's really expensive or like they can't mm -hmm. get a visa to go to whatever country and stuff like that um it so, is it didn't occur to me much later when I'm reading this. Like it was like just today that like a lot of this was happening during like the Ukraine, the start of the Ukraine like war with Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was that terrifying when that like first broke out? Yeah, I mean, what wasn't it for you? I yeah, guess you're... <laughs> I thought like we were getting fucking nuked. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was very shocking. I feel like. Uh, I mean, I live in France, right? Which is yeah, um, it's like a few hours away. Well, I mean, by plane, it's not like when it's not like we're on the border, but it's not um, it's not that far away. Yeah. Um, and when uh, it, I'm like in the weeks like leading up to the invasion, um, it just seemed like that couldn't possibly happen, right? Like that. Yeah. I think I everybody, everybody just thought like that's not real um and so yeah like the, the the one in the um the the piece in the book that's called warmongering which is like this little story about that was so fucking weird i was like why is this in the book this is dark <laughs> um yeah but that was like uh it, it's about this guy that i um knew like when i was young who said to me uh that people always want things to be worse than they actually are. Yeah. Um, and like 50 people have been killed. Like, dude, how many people do you want to <laughs> fucking die? Um, right. And um, I, 
I guess, yeah, I was thinking about, like, I was thinking about him and how he'd said that in that time when, like, it felt like maybe there was going to be a war in Ukraine. Um, uh, and, like, you know, like, the media was, like, really kind of, like, stoking excitement about it in a way. Like, uh, yeah, I really wanted, I really thought that it was important to, well, it was important to me to, like, include stuff that was about that obviously not directly about it because my mm. i'm not directly affected um but to to record that that was happening and then i also i think that this is like something i'm kind of or like i would like to kind of um maybe explore more in the future i don't know but like i think this idea that like you know there can be terrible things happening in the world and of, and of course there always are the things that really affect us are the things that happen to like our friends or our family or you know like in our the people who are like immediately closest to us and like that's inevitable like you don't really have to f I don't think you have to feel bad about that <laughs> um but and of course you have to you have to like consider everything happening at the same time I wanted to like have that balance because I in the book I wanted to have that balance in the book because I feel that all the time mm -hmm. when I first read the warmongering I was like is this gonna go to like a princess Diana thing like later in the book <laughs> and then it didn't <laughs> why I don't know I guess like I guess one I've always wondered like what your experience was like with princess diana because you were like i think you're like 10 you had to be like 10 or like 11 mm -hmm. and i yeah, guess yeah. i just assume that would be a big deal like in your life i have written about it before but i've really? never i've never like published it or anything i think i mean mm -hmm. i was in i was interested in, in it as an idea for a while uh i remember being interested in like princess diana and monica Lewinsky as like women in the 90s you know mm -hmm. like that when you're like growing up or at least when i was growing up mm -hmm. these were kind of like these, yeah they're major these, deals yeah like these were kind of like the characters and like that was the way that women were treated um uh yeah it's funny because like i've read so i wrote in um uh in twas in vaga i wrote about when prince philip died and then i wrote yeah. in woman with hat about when the queen died and now i'm talking about when princess diana died but like i don't really like i don't have um really strong opinions or like i don't really care about uh the royal family at all but <laughs> i do find them really I, I find um it's really interesting right like i think it's mm -hmm. like collective grief thing obviously like mm -hmm. kind of fascinating the the tunnel in paris where um where she was killed um i remember i was walking by it once with some friends and it was there was someone there who was like our friend's girlfriend and she was from israel and you know had grown up in a completely different culture and i said like oh this is the tunnel where princess diana was killed just because it was next to us. And she was like, wow, cool. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, that's a funny, funny thing to say. <laughs> but it kind of just meant nothing. She was like, to her, like, she's like, who, who is that? Like, yeah, I don't know. But obviously to me, because I grew up in England, it's like, um, and also because it happened, I think when I was 10, um, 
yeah, I must have been like, yeah, like nine or 10. Um, yeah, it felt like a big deal because obviously you grow up and you like read stories and watch movies with princesses in. Mm-hmm. And then like if the princess that everybody knows about is killed, um, I guess you it makes you feel a little bit disillusioned as, mm-hmm. as a nine year old. I remember over here it was like a huge deal and like everyone was like obsessed with her. Mm. I just remember like seeing it all over the tabloids and everything. Okay, so in the first part of this book, you talk about one of your friends, like something happens to them. It's mm. like within your inner circle. Mm. Do you mind revealing what happened? <laughs> yeah, I do mind. I don't want to do that. Okay. No problem. <laughs> Oh, you know what I liked also is that you rewrote something from your other book, Third Wave. Like you mm-hmm. rewrote like a story. Yeah. And I love that you did that. Because like, the... I feel like stories like you write it once and like it's ne- it's never like finished. You can always go back to something that you wrote and keep writing it over and over. Yeah. The, so there's a bit about the story about running. Um... Yeah. And like the couch to 5K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote like about my nana dying in the beginning of the pandemic in mm-hmm. in Tweisenberg, uh in one way. And then I wrote about it again uh, in Woman with Hat, but it, with a different perspective, because I don't think I would have mentioned the running thing at all in the first one. Um, but this was like, uh, I, I wanted to write about running because, you know, I love mm-hmm. running. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of covering some ground. Like some people already know this. And I've already talked about this person dying and about like what that was like at the beginning of the pandemic. But I I just thought like, it's, I think it's really important um, to me and just in general, you know, like, because um, my, like, like a lot of people died, of course, you know, mm-hmm. and most of them don't get written about. A lot of them will just be, you know, discussed among family and stuff. But it's really easy to think. It's really easy to think like, oh yeah, that was like a weird two years, you know, like yeah. oh that was that was a strange time. Uh, but everything's kind of like you know, back on track or whatever. Um, and I think it would be like. It would be dishonest to to write about that and not um, to write about like how we feel afterwards and to not include how that it was serious and that's that's my closest um that's the only person luckily that I know who died during that time so mm-hmm. yeah also like the the depiction of like you and your family I like hearing about like your your family back in like York and your sure mm. or whatever it's Pronounced. yeah yeah um yeah yeah me too um there's a lot of like home like the idea of like going home in this book uh which i didn't intend to i didn't like set out planning to do that but yeah there's like there's that the two running stories are kind of about going home or being at mm-hmm. home and then uh, and that's like my sort of actual family and home uh mm-hmm. and then there's the woman with hat four story which is like about what happened on foot to me on the day when the queen died um which 
it's kind of more about like the idea of like England as home, I guess. Yeah, I like when your mom like texted you like a down, like, like a thumbs, thumbs down. down. Yeah, <laughs> well, I laughed at that one. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm I'm glad. <laughs> they was you, funny. <laughs> you seem like um like a like a private person at points. Mm. What is the balance for you when choosing to reveal like certain details and not and like opening up i guess mm. yeah that is interesting because i think i am quite private like in general i don't really like uh telling people <laughs> about myself um and there, then was I think... there was something in like third wave where you were like you're talking about something and you're like Oh well, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. And then you moved on. I really love that because <laughs> you're kind of told, like in the, I guess, like in writing classes and MFAs, you have to open up and you have to go towards that. And I like the fact that you like totally do the opposite. You're like, well, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to move on. Mm. I've never seen that before. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like uh, everybody has experience of like of there of things that happen in their own life like nothing that happens to me is probably that unrelatable to other people right mm -hmm. so anytime where it's like oh i don't really want to talk about this or i'm not going to go into detail about something it's like yeah you probably can like fill in the gaps with your something that happened to you you know like yeah. what what's painful or difficult for you yeah it's probably something like that you know so it's not like necessary for me to like mine my like the worst things that you know the, the hardest things in my life or whatever and i also think like that's something that um you know like probably in me whenever like me too and um all of that that moment all that stuff like almost like a sense that people had to be like oh i have to like like if i'm going to talk about sexual assault then I have to like tell everybody that I understand it because it happened to me or something. And like, yeah, maybe that is, it, it's not that that's not like brave or whatever for, for the people that, that did that, but is it necessary? I, I mean, I don't want to do that. I don't want to like have to like justify any opinions that I have by like asserting that I like have suffered. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah maybe it's like a bit of a reaction to that kind of thing because i also think that like during that specific time um there was sort of a sense that like anything that anybody said or did or any opinion that people uh came out with like ha had the potential to like get them cancelled from some direction you know like it was a bit yeah. like scary to say anything like yeah not that i personally was trying to say anything radical i don't think you know but like yeah. it was it was just sort of like oh if you say this then you were just worried all the time that like even if it was like in fiction it felt like there was a really like sort of um combative atmosphere for a lot of people that like i imagine would have stopped them from writing at all mm -hmm. i know that i like wrote a lot during that time a lot of stuff that i just never published or never like uh shared with anyone because i just thought how will this be perceived or something you know like mm -hmm. like what i did this year or no sorry last year where i wrote this woman with hat book i wouldn't have been able to do then because um 
because I would have been too worried or too scared that like it wasn't I just felt like uh it was a bit of a toxic atmosphere for a while yeah. um and now I guess I'm just like oh, I don't care like it's 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 like so many people have like stopped writing and like stopped being involved in stuff like this and it's like well uh well also I, you were like part of a community that like attached itself onto you when you were creating shabby dollhouse that was pretty toxic at points what it's like the outlet thing yeah but you guys um, kept you guys kept going on like you made the the re-up issue was like a big deal and that got some press and like at different sites and stuff yeah the thing is like now they like a lot of this like who writes about us now like you know there aren't like a lot no. of those sites don't exist anymore. If you like try and find like old poems or interviews or stories or whatever, like a lot, a lot of the time you go to the website and it's just oh, like yeah. not there anymore. They're defunct, um, yeah. And there would be so much, so many people like doing interviews or like writing about other people and stuff. Just more like discussion, maybe. And mm -hmm. maybe uh, you know a lot of a lot of the part of the reason is also probably just that everyone's older and like they've moved on to other stuff or they don't have time or whatever but yeah do you think they'll come back the people that you would like to see right again like maybe like uh gabby bass or god goddess earth uh yeah i mean i hope so gabby's amazing she uh they rather sorry um everything gabby writes is really powerful and surprising and um yeah, I hope. I hope that they will write um, more, but I don't know. How much do you write that doesn't get published? And when you start writing something, is the goal to publish it, or do you just write like a journal or a diary, or do you write like the way that you wrote for Woman in Hat? Do you write that way, but maybe you aren't intending it for it to be published? Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on the time. Like, um, I really enjoyed, I guess, yeah, this is something I'd like to say uh, that feels like important to say is that like, I really enjoyed writing one with her. It was really fun. It's definitely mm. like, um, like the best time I've had writing a book before. Felt like I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't, I think I felt like after I did Twazenberg, that that was, to me at the time, felt like an ambitious, project like it was long and it was one long continuous thing and it was intense like it was about something intense and it was uh you know sad um some of it was sad or not all of it but you know like it it felt like um that was like a way of like coping with something that was really hard to to go through uh the third wave of the pandemic mm -hmm. um with this one i just wanted to have a good time and so uh yeah like you can tell i think like so the order that it's not like they're not in chronological order the pieces like they're not it's not how i wrote them but you can definitely i can definitely tell like when i look at it like the pieces that i wrote near the beginning and then the pieces that i wrote once i knew what i was doing mm -hmm. um like there's like i got with every piece i think i got like a bit more ambitious and a bit more confident um and so like the last more or less the last piece that i wrote was the 
the woman with hat four piece about uh, when I went to Budapest and the queen died. And like, that wasn't like, obviously I didn't know that was gonna happen. So I didn't know that I was gonna write about it, but like when it did, I was like, okay, yeah, I've got this. Like I can just, yeah. like I can, um, I can make this into a story. And I know like what kind of story it's gonna be, you know? Uh, but yeah, some of the shorter pieces I wrote at the beginning when I was just kind of like playing around. So it's interesting that you were talking about third wave and like the feeling that you felt like during the writing of it and and with the woman hat, it kind of like parallels like the paintings of like Henry Matisse because Henry Matisse before woman with hat, he painted this painting about like Notre Dame, like in the middle of the afternoon or something or like the late day or something. But like people like artists, I guess, consider that to be like his blue period. And I was wondering maybe if like third wave was like that for you. Uh, uh, I I don't know. I maybe I feel like I like when I did Twas in Vogue. I definitely like broke through something that I hadn't been able to do before. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like stumbled into this way of writing that was like kind of epistolary um writing for like a specific audience of like people of friends like people i was thinking of um like particularly mm -hmm. um and it just kind of worked also yeah like so in that book ba the basic structure is that like there are five months and in, during each month i chose a week a seven day period where i wrote more or less like everything that happened uh, but I didn't have to do like the first to the seventh of the month or whatever. It was just like whenever I felt like doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would, I would, whenever I was just like, okay, I think I'm going to do it again. I would just start. And then I would basically spend the next three weeks editing it into more of like a story than just like a list of things that happened. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I would start again. And that was like a way to like cope with like being in confinement, uh, and not having seen anyone for like a year and a half or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, and so there was something like um, about writing for that specific audience, which made um, a big difference to me. Mm -hmm. I guess like this is something that I am interested in now or have been thinking about because like, um, I, I do wonder, like, is that the way to go? You know, is that, does it make sense to try to write for a specific audience? I think in a way, yeah, because it's easier to do. And then it means that you've written anything, you know, it's, you've written something. Um, should we, should I be trying to be like more universal? I don't think, I don't think I can. I don't know if anyone can. Who um, are you writing towards? But I didn't, I didn't know that you were writing towards like a specific audience. Basically what I did was like, I, when, also when I started doing that, I didn't know that it was going to be a book. I didn't, I didn't know, oh, okay. like, I didn't know like it was going to be, that I was going to do it more than once. Mm -hmm. But like for the first one, I like went, I was running one day and I was just thinking about like, I don't know, like maybe like 10 people. I just like, it was just like the people I thought about, you know, I was like, okay. I wonder what they're doing. I wonder like, um, and also it's like this thing, it, it was kind of like at that time, like every time you spoke to anyone, you'd be like, hey, how are you? How, how are things? And everyone was like, 
oh, I have nothing to say. Like we don't, yeah. nobody wants to, nobody wants to like have a conversation <laughs> because yeah. it, everyone was just so sick of it at that point. <laughs> um, so it was just kind of like this thing where I felt like, oh, if I if I think about yeah. these few friends that like I haven't talked to very much for a while, or like I don't really know what's going on with them. Like, what if I just kind of show them or like tell them like this is what my week was like, you know, like this is what I have been doing and this is what I'm thinking about. And like that's just like something for them to read. Mm-hmm. Uh like and hopefully it would be of interest to them. Yeah. Like so it it was really like just whoever I like was the, I, I don't even remember who it was. Okay. <laughs> but it was just like uh yeah. And Yvonne had a question for you. She asked from the third way book, um, you said something about you were eating something every night and she wanted to know if your eating style had changed. I think we, I say something like we had a nice dinner. We have a nice dinner every night, something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think my eating habits have changed apart from, I feel like it, you know, in the pandemic, obviously we had to stay in all the time. And so we had to cook all the time, which thankfully I don't have to do as much mm-hmm. um, anymore. The other thing that's changed now is that like food is more expensive. So in oh, a way, yeah, it's, it's like way more expensive. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you look back, it's like, I mean, obviously a lot of things sucked, but at least you could uh, like if you had uh, if you still had income, then you could like you could spend money on stuff the stuff that you ate or whatever. Like that was something you could do to like improve your day to day situation. And of course, you you still can, but it's that's that's a difference. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but no, I still eat very well because um, Chris, my husband, is uh, a good cook and also very obsessed with cooking nice food. So it's nothing to do with me really, but I'm happy like- in that way. <laughs> I like your treatment of Chris in this in this one a little bit yeah. more than in the last <laughs> one. You're very nice. You're nicer to him in this one. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, uh, I think it it's kind of like you make the. I mean, everybody becomes a character, right, around you, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like not fair because um, they don't get to say their experience of something. But, but also, I, they can, they can think, write their own book if they want. I think as a reader, though, we kind of like know that, like we're mm-hmm. getting one side of the story. Like in the third wave, you said at one point, like, "Oh, this isn't my story to tell," and I felt like, no, I was like, as I was reading, that, I was like, "Oh no, I want you to tell that story." Mm. Yeah, but I think that in this then, specific, yeah, and then in Woman Hat, you do actually do that with like the chronicles of tape like you kind of tell someone else's story so you Mm. kind of switch it up well i mean in that instance i think it's like because he's also a writer it's like and and because only so many things happen to you Mm -hmm. it's like well he might want to write that you know like that's that's sort of more his experience than mine i i don't think that there's any i guess like the thing about um like i did think with um the conversations with people i'm like is that like ethical is that like fair to write about people obviously they just tell me stuff I never see them again they don't know that I'm a writer or that I'm going to write down about their life um 
is that like okay to do but i just decided that yeah it is okay because mm-hmm. <laughs> like i mean they can do the same thing right they yeah they can be like oh i met this english woman and she like told me all this stuff like people are gonna go and you know if any interaction that you have you can tell your friend about it you can talk about it whatever it's not like i'm like oh this is this person's name and this is you know this is yeah. how you can this is how you can find them it's yeah. just like a description of like and it becomes like that they, they become like an emblem for like their country or their culture or whatever because it's like well that's the only that's the only person from nepal that i've spoken to this month or whatever you know so you're like well i that's gonna have to do i can't i can't mm-hmm. go to every country and like try and get the fan out so what's it really like for all of you now like what's your, what's your general experience like we just have that's kind of the best I've, I've got so um yeah i mean it's i've also had i don't know i i, I think like i've had experiences where people have written stuff about me that I'm like, oh, I wish you didn't do that. <gasps> like who? What happened? <laughs> I'm very nosy. Um, <laughs> no, I, 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 I can't. I don't want to get into it, but it's okay. like I, I know way. how I know how it feels. You yeah. know. Um. So I like try to be kind and like um try to be. Oh, I mean, obviously, right? I try to treat people like they're people. Um. And like that their struggles or their private things are are private. Mm-hmm. But also that I mean there's there's obviously there's value in sharing things, right? There's yeah. there's value in like um So people can relate, you know. Yeah. I mean that's what that's what we get that's the point. Oh right, well, not everyone agrees with this, but I think a large point of literature in general is that we have a sense that we're not the only person who's ever <laughs> been through yeah. something um so if you want to contribute to it then you have to sacrifice some stuff that, that, you know there's some there's so much stuff that i've written where i'm like oh god that's embarrassing why did i say that about myself you know but i i just have to like not care what, what? <laughs> because how do you get to that point where you don't care that's hard well, I mean, I think part of what you do is give time between mm-hmm. between writing it and, and sharing it with anyone else, you know? Like, um, yeah, that's why I think also, like, part of, like, writing this book, like, I felt, like, in the beginning, like, I was kind of, like, making, like, a blog or, like, a zine or something, you know? It's like, these are, like, little things that in the past maybe I would have just put online and maybe they would have like they probably wouldn't it wouldn't have developed in the same way because it would have been like a different experience of of people reading it um but yeah I I just thought the right the writing will be better and like more revealing I suppose because I'm I'm doing it and then it's not till a year late I I knew they I didn't have to I didn't have to share it with anyone you know I think yeah. that's uh, that's like something that can stop people from writing is that they're like, well, I'm not not going to write that down because I don't want people to know about it or I don't want to yeah. tell people this thing. But for me, I just think, well, like I'm going to write it and I'll decide later whether or not I want to share it. It doesn't really matter. Like what the the the, the like the process of doing it is like what counts to me. Mm-hmm. But and I think it's. Um, also like almost always 
you know, you do it a few months later, it's not that big of a deal anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's like, who cares? Like, just let people read it. And uh, it's not like they're going to come up to you on this, like in, in a reading or yeah. something and, and be like, you said this, like, that's so embarrassing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. think wasn't decade of influence. Wasn't that one of uh, like you had a blog going for a while? Yeah. Yeah, just for like, um, like basically like a couple of weeks or something. And then I was like, ah, I'll just keep this offline actually and just do it. Yeah, I, I, like last year, because I was, I mean, a lot, there's a bunch of stuff in the book about social media yeah. um, and about like not really being interested in it anymore. Because you um, took some time off and also Sarah Jean has too and hmm. Michelle Tamirno. I think you inspired hmm. a bunch of people. Uh, I don't think it's me. I think everybody's sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just like, uh, I mean, it's just horrible, right? It's like, obviously there are some benefits and I enjoy like knowing what other people are doing, but I don't think that we use it in the same way as, well, of course we don't use it in the same way as we did a few years ago. You get a lot less of like knowing what your friends are doing and a lot more of like random people sort of. Oh yeah, shit. <laughs> um, just like random people like producing content that's like, uh supposed to go viral or whatever but then also like the only like and now i'm using it because i'm like trying to get people to read my book yeah but but that's annoying right like what do you mean annoying i mean if you're like someone who follows me you'd be like oh god i know that every time she says something it's going to be about how we should buy a book you know and read a book (laughs) and (laughs) <laughs> but you gotta like, promote your book i guess no i know i know but like i i, I just feel and, and i think that's part of like why i don't want to organize like a bunch of stuff around it is because i'm just like uh that i don't like that feeling of like okay now i'm in this mode where everything i do is like designed to to get you to engage with this thing that i've done because um because it feels bad i don't know hopefully there's like other like i'm i guess i'm hopeful that like word of mouth and like people genuinely like uh connecting with the work will be like yeah, i was yeah. i was curious as to why like there weren't any events going on and then i saw the one for like the one in two weeks i was like oh finally you can talk about it <laughs> yeah well it's like, I, if you're if you're not creating the events it's like no one else gives a right shit. yeah 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 um which is i mean it's do you think you're just like built different? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I guess like no one else is like going out and creating the kind of things that you're doing. Like you do it in a very different way. It's even with your own projects. Mm, well, I mean, there are rather like, I feel like Ashley um, Obscura is do, does stuff with Metatron and like, you know, Rochelle does stuff with Peach Mag. And there are like people, like a person who I really um, feel inspired by and like look to a lot is luna miguel you know the spanish writer like um she's a good friend of mine and like she's in a different country <laughs> but you know she writes in a different language and i'm always like looking at what she's doing and like um how things work over here and stuff like there are like other people like it's called shabby dollhouse right it's it's a bit shabby like i, I kind of refuse to like do things you know sort of professional way because I, mm-hmm. I don't really know how to and but I mean, you do make things that are very nice, nicely produced. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, you work on it a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like, I guess I just don't like, I don't know how to do it like officially. I don't know, like, you know, there are always people like getting grants from places and like, I don't know, setting things up where I'm just like, I don't don't know how you even begin. (laughs) Um, Mm. So, yeah, I, I do guess I kind of always had this sense of like, oh, I have to kind of like rely on myself and like if I have to learn stuff to to do it, then I'll just do that. Um, yeah. I thought the name Shabby Dollhouse came from an Elvis Costello song because you're like, yeah. you're a big fan of his and you have like his posters in your room. Do, I don't have any posters, do I? Well, I do. I mean, I, I listen to... Um, him a lot when I was growing up and uh because mm-hmm. my parents uh really like him and um a lot of the music from that time and uh yeah so there's a song called Shabby Doll mm-hmm. it came from like a um silent film that was called Shabby Doll I think that the, song's about, okay. the song's about a movie but I uh have never seen the movie or anything I just like the song um but actually so I knew the song for like forever but um and then at some point on like youtube or something around the time uh th- there's a fiona apple cover of the elvis costello song that she like really? perform- she like performs it with him um and it's the elvis costello song is fine like it's okay it's not one of his best songs mm-hmm. i don't think but then like when she sang it it was like a completely different song um and she like because she like kind of like embodied the like um yeah, the idea of like what a shabby doll would be, I think, in yeah. that moment. Um, and I like just thought that that performance was really amazing. Um, and like the way that she delivers the song is is really um, powerful. So yeah, when I was thinking of names like that came in, and then obviously there's like doll, dollhouse, like uh, yeah. What other names were you considering? Um, I remember, I mean, like, the, <laughs> the only other one that I remember that, like, sucked, um, was the Lansdowne Review, because, like, I lived on Lansdowne, like, Lansdowne in Toronto, um, but that was, like, never serious. I think that was just, like, me and my friend were, like, joking that, like, we were going to call it that, because Lansdowne, at least at that time, it was kind of like, um, when you told people, I think, like, now it's probably, like, a lot more gentrified. The, like West End of Toronto, but like when, whenever people said like, "Oh, where do you live?" and I would say like, "Blur and Lansdowne," they would always be like, "Ugh!" Like, uh, they, really? they, you know, like they, they would like, become like, <laughs> well, they'd be kind of like, "Oh," <laughs> you know, like like it was like, "Why?" Is it like low um, class or something? I guess it was just like, yeah, I guess that must have been what people thought. How like judgy. It, like that it was a, like um a bit sketchy or something i mean it was fine it was nice i liked it but um yeah it was just like you always kind of got like this reaction also like maybe it was just a bit further away than like like it's like two like subway stops further away than like where a lot of other people lived but it was cheap and it was it was perfectly nice um but yeah so it just seemed like a funny thing if we called it the lansdowne review but I'm, i think lansdowne's probably like like a, a lot different now so is it a big culture shock to go from like york to Canada. I mean, uh, I guess you had been to New York before when you were a kid, but I guess you never had lived there or near New York. Well, I lived in Montreal um, when I was a student, 
and then I went to Toronto afterwards. But yeah, it was like it was very exciting because uh, nobody knew me, obviously. Especially in Toronto, like there was a big sense of possibility. I think it's like Toronto is probably my favorite city. Oh, um, really? But, yeah, it's just it's amazing. It's I mean, it's in in the same way that like a lot of all the all the American people who want to be like artists or whatever like go to uh like new york or la or something like people in canada go to toronto or montreal i mean a lot of them do um and like so i was friends with people who like wanted to be actors or musicians and stuff like that and um i didn't really know any writers um at least for a while but like there was just yeah like a sense of like oh there's these like people who like want to do who are like who want to like do something interesting and artistic with their lives and they're not kind of like afraid or embarrassed about that which was like I think when I'd been in England I'd only really encountered people who were like boys who were in bands and stuff was that one of your aspirations what to be in a band and to sing yeah but I never really like got along with people in, in a band situation that well I was always like it was like always annoying it was always like boys and then me I was always the only the always the only girl. I mean, it's just like young boys, right? They're just like kind of um, dicks. Like they yeah. think they think That's that true. they know a lot yeah. more about everything than um, than other people, or the, than than the girls, I guess. Yeah, I I I mean, I I wanted to write songs and I wanted to sing. I can play the guitar, but I'm not like very really very good at it just kind of like um learned to be able to sing so you know so I could always accompany myself and so I could write I wanted to I wanted to sing really I wanted to write and sing but now I write and read so (laughs) you ever think you'll go back to singing I would like to yeah I, I mean I think it's really fun you get to do something really physical and emotional at the same time it's like there's not i don't really know anything else that's like that yeah and i think it's a lot cooler than like reading (laughs) but there's there's two songs on youtube there's like one down in mexico and then there's a sweet escape Mm, yeah they're just like really old recordings (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um You, you think you'll ever like do a duet with the crook I've done a lot of karaoke with Crook. I don't know. I'd like to. It'd be fun. Maybe he um, could produce like an album with you. Maybe, but he's uh he's got like I'm I'm too I'm too part time now. I'd have to get a lot more serious before I could work with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's uh he's busy. <laughs> but yeah, we've done a lot of uh karaoke. We we've done um one of my favorite things is uh or like favorite memories of Crook is like when we've done um like Johnny Cash and June Carter songs with karaoke, but mm-hmm. like he he doesn't know this like he's never heard the song before. So. Oh, he hasn't. <laughs> like, so he's just like kind of guessing like how it's gonna go, you know. And then like they're they're quite simple songs, so he kind of gets gets it right anyway. But it's just like really funny. Um, yeah. How do you know about them, those singers? I thought you grew up like watching or like just taking in art and not really any pop culture stuff really <laughs> yeah i thought that was like yeah i had this idea of you in my head 
Oh no. Um no, I mean I knew um Or I just assume UK pop culture sucked and that's why you never took it in. Oh no, no, I definitely did. I mean I like uh was very interested like very into music. Uh, mm-hmm. um I mean I think music was is was the main thing that I knew about, but also isn't I feel like most young people, right? Like we, yeah. I didn't I didn't know much about literature. I didn't know that it was like something. I knew that it was something that I was like naturally capable of. Like like I, I knew that I could write and I could read well, you know, like when mm-hmm. I was a teenager. Um, but I didn't ever. I was never like exposed to books really that made me think that that was something I'd be like really interested in spending my life doing what's the catalyst for the shabby dollhouse i mean i knew you wanted to read other people's work that was your age Mm. and you were writing a lot because i think at that time you said you were depressed and that was something and you wanted to create something to do with other people Mm. but i guess where does i'm not sure what i'm trying to ask so i mean this is this is by the time i started shabby dollhouse i would have been like 24 or something mm-hmm. so like by then i'd had quite a few years out in the world you know where i was like oh. figuring things out um and, and like learning about stuff like i did get interested in literature but probably not until i was about like 20 i would say something like that mm-hmm. like i would like I, I like i was interested enough to like be studying it and stuff like that but like I didn't like really connect with anything like I didn't really like have I I, I don't think I would have had like favorite writers or like I just like hadn't nobody said to me like you should read this you know mm-hmm. because nobody else around me had read the those things either <laughs> yeah. so that there was no one to like show me like I'm I didn't have like any older siblings or whatever and like my it just wasn't there was just nobody around who would have done that for me so I guess like I feel like I was a bit you know slower than other people could have been to to like kind of find a way into like enjoying literature but like probably by the time I was like 20 or something I um started to like read some like mid-20th century like American writers and stuff and like um kind of find an entryway and then like for poetry like i found frank o'hara yeah um and like that was a big deal you know was it ever Um, intimidating to you the idea of starting a a magazine yourself uh i mean yeah like i i think like my decision to do it was like quite quick you know like Mm -hmm. like i basically like i had like you know like tumblr and i would like write stuff on tumblr for a long time i was just like kind of like, writing stuff on tumblr yeah and like um like then and like other random people would like it or share it or whatever but like you didn't like know who anybody was and there was like no real it was just kind of like random mm-hmm. also like didn't like know really like what i was doing like like what like it was it's more like you know when you're just starting something and you write more like from like emotion or something than like trying to tell like it it took a while to be like okay now I'm gonna like write a short story like now I'm gonna be able to like use all this like this practice that I've done to like to to put it into something that's like 
yeah, like a traditional story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like what um, I I think I like sent some stuff to like some other like little website yeah. magazine things, and like I don't, I, as far as I remember, like they didn't they weren't really interested. Um, maybe like one of them was I don't know, but it was like you know. And then I sent a story to um, Thought Catalog, which at the time seemed like, I mean, it was kind of like, it became like a really. Yeah, it was kind um, of a big deal. Yeah, like it, I think like at that time, like they did post a lot of like cool writing. Mm-hmm. I think it, later it like became sort of like more like just like lists and like yeah. stuff that seemed like it was written by AI, but like. Sarah Jean, like Mira Gonzalez, they were all on there. Yeah, well, yeah, so like this was before I like knew any of those people. Like I knew about some writers, but I didn't like know anyone. And then I, anyway, I sent a story to Thought Catalog. It was this, this, this story called Sweet Escape, which was, um, it's about well, a character who's like me, who like uh, goes to, who like kills themselves by like jumping in front of a train, but then they don't actually die, but everyone thinks that they're dead. And then they go to their own funeral and like observe what, how everybody acts and like then has like all these problems with like the music that's played and like just like feels like angry with the way that the whole thing's been curated and then like gets out of the coffin and like storms out, like sort of jumps off into the, into the fields. And it's just like, ah, it's like very weird. Um, But it's very funny, I think. Like, and it was probably like the first story, like the first like really like story that I wrote where I'm like, oh yeah, that was, that was good. Like, I'm really happy with that. And I sent it to Thought Catalog anyway. And they like said that they wanted to publish it. And I was like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Like, mm-hmm. I remember cause I'd been like so depressed. And then I got this email. I think I was like at my job. I don't remember where I was, but I like, got this email. And I remember like afterwards I was like driving um, home I think and I was listening to Beyonce and I was just like I feel so happy like I just feel like everything that has been really hard for me is like worth it or like you know doesn't matter now because I've like I don't know like I I figured out a way to like to make it okay um and then when that story went up it was like really amazing because it just got like so many comments like so many like really positive comments from all these people mm-hmm. who were just like really like into it like um and I like, kind of couldn't believe that because I mean and, and where does that happen now anyway like there's no place where I could send true. a story where I could send a story where it would be like 50 people being like this is so funny or this is whatever you know um and I was just like, wow, this is like kind of weird, right? Like I, this hasn't happened to me before. Um, but that gave me a lot of confidence because I was like, well, now I know I can do it. Um, because all these people who I don't know are telling me that like, that it's good and that they like felt something and that they like laughed and stuff. And so then I think after that, like, I just sort of thought, well, these other people who are running these little websites if they don't want my writing, then I, that doesn't matter. I can just have my own. Like, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't obviously anticipate when I decided to do all that, that like, I didn't, you don't know if it's going to even, if you're even going to be able to do one issue, right? Like you don't yeah. know. And even if you do one issue, 
you don't know if you'll ever do another one. The fact that like that all that, that it continued and that it like um, is still a thing that exists like after like eleven years is uh, just inconceivable, really. If you if I imagine the way that I was thinking about it at the time, but it felt really to me like oh my god, like I have to do this because this is the only way or this is the only idea I've got to like make my life more like what I want my life to be, you know? Um, and then I think it's cool how you kept like reinventing and coming up with new ideas. Like you did the mixtape thing. And then at some point you started doing the reader and the reader was very popular. Did you get, when you, when you stopped doing the reader, were you just like totally sick of it, but you didn't want to tell people that you, <laughs> you're a very positive person. You try to keep everything positive. Mm. It's like Sarah Jean. No, I, I wasn't sick of it. I just um, you want to do something I just, new. I think yeah, I just wanted to do something new, and I did it for like quite a long time, like maybe like four years or something. Yeah. And when you um, and like the it was like a it was like a paid subscription thing, right? That like yeah. nobody was like now it's like everyone's doing oh. that. Like everyone has like Patreon or like Substack or whatever. But yeah. As far as I was aware, like that was the only thing that was kind of like that at the time or you know that I knew about um and it's it's just hard like it's hard to um to have like writing be a thing that you like that is also connected to like how you're making money or whatever and I think I probably like at some point in maybe like a year before that I started teaching as well. And or I, I found this other thing that I like doing that was like, Oh, I was like, Oh, I can, I can just have my job and my like income be completely separate from having to sell my personality or my writing or whatever um, mm -hmm. all the time, you know? So it just felt like easier to be like, oh, now I can just do whatever I want. Like it doesn't have to be uh, in that format. And then like very soon after that, I feel like I stopped the the reader in like the February of what was it like twenty nineteen maybe, um, mm -hmm. and then like probably by the June or something I started the profound experience like travel writing thing because it was like I want to do something I just like want to do something yeah. else. Those scary times though, because I always <laughs> think oh no is nothing going to happen because that's <laughs> uh, how something... I came into this was through the Facebook reader. Mm. Or the Facebook group, sorry. Yeah. Well, I mean, something's always going to happen. I think it's just like it oh, can't yeah. always be the same thing, right? That's I true. mean, yeah. to, to me, it's like um, if I don't do that, then like, what, what would be my life? Like? Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's like the it's like what makes uh, me like excited to be um, alive. So I I think I'll always do something. It's it's very lucky right it's like i'm very um fortunate to have met all these people who um are interested in doing stuff at the same time and it's like um I, when i think about like my life before that mm. and, and then now like uh i would never want to go back to feeling like alone in that way you know what do you think would happen if you hadn't created the dollhouse oh <laughs> i mean to me yeah i dread to think 
I don't know. I think it would have been. Um, I don't know. I think it would. Everything would have been completely different and probably a lot more difficult. But my mm -hmm. life would would be completely like unrecognizable because everything that I've done since then is because of that. Like the my whole life has become about doing it and the people that I know because of doing it. And do you consider yourself lucky or do you think you worked your ass off? Uh, well, both. Because mm -hmm. you kind of <laughs> um, hit like a mm -hmm. specific time when you made the dollhouse. Like you probably didn't anticipate that you were hitting on a specific time within the indie culture. Yeah, yeah. It was like, I mean. And those were like women too. And I don't think there were a lot of magazines that were like that. Mm, yeah yeah it was it was very um there was like a lot of activity right there was a lot of like yeah. exciting stuff happening then and so i guess that's just like a contagious thing right um yeah everybody wants to get involved um and yeah that i don't know if we'll ever I, it seems difficult to believe that anything like that will happen again in my life but who knows might be another swing. Um, should I let you go, or can we go a little bit more? Yeah, we can talk a bit more if you want. But maybe I mean it's quite. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's interesting to people. It's a long conversation, but that's oh, very interesting. Yeah. To me. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about. Um, I don't know if this is inappropriate or not. With uh, third wave, and then in woman with hat, you talk about your uh, period, and I thought with third wave i didn't know that like someone could run during their period i was like that just seems what? extremely <laughs> that seems extremely painful to me well i've never had one but and then you say and then like in third wave you're like oh no one wants to hear this or i'm whining or something but i was like no i want to keep hearing about this mm. and then you touched you touched a little bit upon it with a uh, woman how you're talking about chloe cadwell's new book mm, yeah 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 uh yeah that book's really cool uh the red zone yeah um yeah it's like i don't really like talking about it but like okay. i think it's important to write about it because i mean or it's to me it's like it's kind of impossible not to write about it because it's really yeah impactful right it's like this thing like you know that we just ignore all the time or we don't mention and um that half of the people in the world are like suffering with like yeah. all of the time and so yeah i um i yeah that, that's like the kind of thing that like i wouldn't have been able to put in books in the past but now i'm just like i think like and like no one really ever writes about it you don't really mm -hmm. ever see writing about it except for like the chloe cattle book i mean before that mm -hmm. like, it's pretty non-existent so i guess that's yeah. why it's interesting to me because i just never hear right and it's always surprising like the stuff that like men think about when parties <laughs> and like yeah. how this stuff works like I, I get like um like it's funny to me that you like think that like oh what you can run at the same time as that but like why would you know that because nobody talks about it yeah no know? we were never taught anything about <laughs> it in school i have no fucking clue right yeah 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 it's we weird, like sarah it? jean's old tweets about wanting to bleed <laughs> through her mouth <laughs> yeah uh yeah maybe i mean it's not like it's something that like you or anyone needs to 
be like a, an expert on, but I recommend um, Chloe's book. I think it's. Um, yeah, I bought yeah. it the other day. Oh, no, it's yeah. cool. Do you have you met her? Yeah. You have? Mm hmm. You guys like yeah. hung out? Yeah. Um, I haven't seen her for a long time, but yeah, I went to her um, mom's house once in upstate New York. Whoa. <laughs> He's like yeah. the coolest person you've ever met. The coolest person that I know is Dennis Cooper. <laughs> I mean, I think he's very cool. And mm -hmm. he really he's very supportive and very um like inspiring to me because he's made his whole life about um his writing. And so like knowing someone like that is um really uh like just makes you feel it is possible, you know? Mm-hmm. And with Woman in Hat, with the painting, were you wanting, were you wanting it to relate to the way that Matisse had painted the painting, like the book, mm, and how you really. felt writing the book? I don't think so. Um, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I wanted like this, the, the spirit of like how I perceived like the, um, like how he kind of broke through like um whatever had been holding him back yeah mm -hmm. i wasn't like you know trying to like do some like abstract brush strokes or something in the so you don't the think page. every like section is like a different <laughs> brush stroke no i've never thought about it like that but i mean it's an, an interesting thing to think about and it would be an interesting thing to try to do i think so i think woman with hat looks kind of like this painting oh yeah I know this painting. Hey, you talked about it in your uh, interview with uh, Felsetti when you're, she was interviewing you for the motion. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, and you wanted I... this woman to blurb your book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, Louisa Cassati. Mm -hmm. uh, this painting is in, or at least as far as I know, it, it's in the um, Art Gallery of Ontario in Toronto. Um, and she was like a kind of um uh, extravagant Italian woman who um died extremely poor in London, I think. And um yeah, I saw this painting um when I the, the AGO in Toronto, like I don't know if they still do. I think it was like Wednesday evenings maybe. They used to do like one night of the week where like you could go for free after a certain time. And so like I would often go there um at that time and go and see that painting and uh yeah i just like really like it but it is yeah it is kind of similar to one with that you're right and then when did you when you met like sarah jane mm. did you ever consider like living with her or have you guys well, stayed well we, together? we did live together for like one summer in baltimore um which was fun um it was weird because <laughs> like uh Baltimore's very hot and we didn't have any air conditioning and it was just kind of like oh, shit. We were like really high up in a building. It was like boiling all the time. So I feel like when I think about that time I just remember being like sweltering. Mm -hmm. And um yeah. And then during that summer like Sarah Jean um uh was in a accident and she like broke her back and Oh yeah, she got hit by a motorcycle. Yeah. Um, 
and so it was like it was intense it was a very weird time how long how long after that was had you first met her uh i think we had known each other for about um, probably like a year i think yeah have you clicked yeah. with anyone like that after because you guys seem like very i guess close but also different i don't know your personalities mm. Yeah, yeah, we are different. Um, well, I, 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 I feel like I've. I mean, I think we've we've met a lot of people. Yeah. Um. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. I, I, I feel like no, probably not like as immediately as that. It was really like we met, and it was like okay, let's just like we we knew what we that we were on the same. Um, page and, the, and it works out that she's a great editor too because then it's like doesn't she edit your writing uh like i always send it to her first yeah like um i mean yeah like ideas and stuff but it's more it's often more just like is this okay like am i going in the wrong direction and then like you know mm -hmm. like, we, we have different we'll send each other work and i think we deal the way that we deal with each other's the, the way that we like give feedback to each other is quite different but obviously like she writes poetry and i don't so like they were dealing with different things but a lot of the times in this book you mention like poetry and so it mm -hmm. made me feel like maybe this was i mean obviously it's not poetry but it, i mean it could be an interpretation of like yeah a poetry yeah book. I kind of feel like I was, I mean, because, you know, like we've been doing like the poetry book club for like a long time and I've read a lot of those books um, or I've read all of those books. And then also, um, yeah, I feel like maybe the structure or like the way that I sort of approached putting this book together, it felt a bit more like I was like, you know, like ordering a poetry collection or mm -hmm. like make like the way that you would think about like an album or something. Yeah, it's not like it's not like a short story collection, is it? It's It's much more like a something else yeah i don't um, I, I don't mind like if you if you if, if if you think it seems like poetry obviously but i um don't think that that is whatever you know it's not like uh, i don't know maybe there's maybe there's distinctions just don't even matter right well i guess in the the alice notley section mm -hmm. you were mm. mentioning like she mentioned something about poetry and you're like yeah Mm -hmm. And so I guess like there wasn't, and I think in the your conversation with Rochelle and Ashley Obscura, mm. you also talk about poetry. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess uh, it's like inferred that this is uh, more related to poetry. I guess I just got it in my head. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that like uh, obviously things can be poetic even if they're not like technically poetry. I don't yeah. know. I mean. It, I don't think I don't know if it matters that much. I'm interested in poetry. I just like don't see myself as a as a poet. Would you write poet? Have you? I mean, I have like, but not for a long time. Do you think um, how to be a perfect bride would consider more to be poetry? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's like pro I mean, like it would be like prose poetry or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I think the thing with the, the way that I write is like everything tends to have a story. Um, like even when I wrote songs, like they were always like that kind of song where something's happened by the end, you know? I love those songs. <laughs> those kind of songs. 
Yeah. Would you ever write like a a song and put it into one of your books? And do you have plans to write another book? Like, how would I put a song in a book? <laughs> like, you put like the lyrics in the book. Um, I that would be a poem. I think I don't. I haven't. Yeah, that's I haven't, true. Um. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, but I don't know if that would be the natural thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, of course, I write another book, but I don't really know what it'll be yet. How long did these pieces take to write? Did they take a long time? Uh, I mean, the whole thing took like a year, I guess, or maybe not even that. But then each individual piece, like mm, the hardest ones to write, with the with the two running ones, like mm -hmm. the, and I kind of felt like that. In a way, they were like not um, like a lot of the book is like very like happy and positive and like sort of like yeah we're back um, and then and like forward thinking maybe but then like those two are um, like looking back at the pandemic and more serious uh, and I kind of at first I was like is that a good idea. Um, you know, like, do people like? Because I kind of, I, I wanted to write something that would be like fun, um, mm -hmm. and like just kind of like pleasurable. But then I decided that it was important to have. I, I kind of was imagining it as like two like kind of pillars that were like rooting you in like reality or something. That like, I mean, they're they're both ultimately stories with like happy endings, you know. Like, but there's a lot of like other emotions in there too yeah um so yeah they were the like the hardest things and and also because they often like when i'm writing something i'm just kind of like sitting down and i'm like oh, with that kind of thing it's like you know oh i wonder what's going to happen if i just start writing you know and so there are some pieces in the book that are like that where I, like i've just begun and then i didn't know where it was going to end up um but then for those ones it's more like okay i know i have the idea for that story and i know like what is going to like how I'm kind of going to tell it and so it's a matter of like sitting down and like filling in the filling in the the gaps and like I guess I find writing like that I mean obviously I suppose it's harder um and it's also just like there's a lot of like different ways of experimenting with writing and one with hat like um there's stories like that where I was just trying to tell something where I knew where it's going there's other things like the work piece and the like the Budapest one where it's like we're just gonna see like what happens over the course of a day and like make a story out of it. And then there's other ones where it was like a list or something where I just kind yeah. of like keep adding to it like when something struck me. Um but yeah. So I wanted to, I just wanted to be like experimental and, and are you how excited are you and are you nervous about the release of uh moan wilds because like this is like her first like debut book yeah yeah it's gonna be a lot um, of pressure yeah um i'm 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 not really nervous because i know it's gonna be all right i want to do the best job that i can for caroline um and i'm very like happy that she's trusting me with this book because I think it's like special and important. Um, but I feel like I can do it, you know? Like I, I, I wouldn't 
try if I was like scared because mm-hmm. it's because um I know you know sometimes people have bad publishing experiences um and then that really can like be a huge disappointment to them and I wouldn't want obviously I wouldn't want to do that to anybody um but yeah no I'm like I think it's gonna be great I think it's gonna be fun and like the way that um that we have been working on it together um is like what I you know it's like it feels like um, what you would want, or like how you would imagine. Like the uh, you, there are other options that like you could publish with much more like legit presses and stuff. But this just feels better to me. Like <laughs> collaborating with your friends is like I think the best. Has yeah. Okay, so like moving forward, are you going to be trying to do something every year, or are you just going to come like when one of your friends has something like? That you know um, is available and you want to publish? Um, I think it doesn't have to be, there's no like set timeline. I'm mm-hmm. hopeful that like once we do these two new books, um, The Moan Wilds by Caroline Rayner and um, Simon by Sebastian Castillo, that, um, that it will go well and that other people will want to do more books. I'm like, I've got another couple, two or three people who are like potentially will we'll do something with but i don't know if, if those will work out you know it depends i kind of like i also like with one with hat like i wanted to like a lot of the stuff in the book says like like you can just do this like it's not that big of a deal we don't have to like there's nothing holding us back kind of thing i wanted people i'm hopeful that like you know people will read that and be like yeah i can do that you know mm-hmm. and that more books will will you have to show that that it's possible right and then that it's that that you can produce uh so do you think you'll ever go to like an mfa uh no yeah i think by this point i don't think you should (laughs) um yeah like i don't think that like obviously they're they're good like some for some people they're a really good thing but i don't see myself in that environment yeah because um i mean like you're already publishing your own shit so Right. And I don't, I think for a lot of people, they like, um, the, uh, a reason to do it is because you get to like, kind of, you get like the financial situation for a couple of years where like, you don't have to work. Um, Mm -hmm. but I like my work and I feel like I have enough time to do other stuff. And I also feel like I have like friends and like people to, support me and that I can support yeah. like I don't, I don't really feel a need and you're confident about your own work I don't know like I was uh reading a interview that like Sebastian did with like the other people guy and he was talking about the MFA process and it's like how they have people like write the most depressing stories about a divorce guy on a ship but like the writing is really super impressive yeah it's, like yeah. there's this sort of irony and like why mm-hmm. You, it's like you don't even care about the story, just the writing itself or something. Mm, yeah, I mean, sometimes when I like, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not really interested in any of that. But I'm also, yeah. I think it's, it's a very American thing. It like, is. I'm, there are like masters 
programs in other countries, but there's definitely like a specific culture about all of that in the US. But and, it would and, uh, yeah. And what do you attribute to like your writing? Like when I read your work, it does, it just, it's very, it's like, uh, it's like meditating or something. It just like relaxes me. Hmm. That's nice. <laughs> but it, and it's, also, it's like, I can tell, like, I can read like your voice through this. But what's the question? <laughs> I'm not sure. I just think it's more of a comment. Do other people have other people like responded in that way to your writing? Mm, yeah, I think so. People always say um, that I'm very like deadpan. Uh, that I like just kind of throw in like quite shocking things in a nonchalant way, um, which might might be true. I don't know. I think that might also just be. Um, like an English thing, maybe. Uh, um, yeah, people. People have been actually. People have been really nice so far about this book. Like I've had a lot of um, really like heartfelt and um, kind messages, which is great. And obviously, that makes me feel um, like I'm not crazy, you know. And then um, got five minutes left. I want to ask you about the the play. Like, how did you yeah. come up with the idea? And then was it nerve wracking and like the day of where you like freaking out or anything? Or you just like, you're very confident as you usually are. The play was funny. It was like, um, so basically my friend, Peter BD, um, he and I, in the summertime, we were talking about like plays for some reason. I had been, I'd become like more and more interested in them last year. Um, we read a couple in the book club and then mm -hmm. like I started writing one and um, the thing with the Lady Windermere's fan that's in Woman With Hat happened. And like, I also like, I'd written a seat. Uh, there was like another play that I had been working on. And like, I like, at like a party kind of thing. I like asked some people to like, ed to like, act it out. And I just like found it really fun. And I was like, oh, this is um kind of, uh, just like a new thing that I, that I can play around with. Um, and I really liked the fact that it was so like, you know, you, you got to like, you got to bring it to life, but then also I got to have my friends like doing this thing with me, like we were involved in this process that like was new. Um, so anyway, I was talking with Peter in the summer and I knew that I had to come back to New York again in November to go to a wedding that he was also going to and we said like oh what next time you, you're here we should like do something and so he like so so we said yeah let's both write a play and we'll do like a double feature where it's like um both of our performances on the same night and uh he like had some kind of relationship with this theater where they would like give him the space and mm. um, so that was really easy from my point of view I didn't have to do anything for that which was like amazing um so basically I just had to worry about the like writing the play at first I didn't know really what it was going to be I, I thought I would I thought I was going to finish Woman with Hat quicker than I did or like I was aiming to and I was like I'm going to finish the book and then I'm going to write the play and that the play was going to be like a completely different thing but then like 
it took longer than I thought to to finish the book because I guess it just became a longer and better book than it than I had imagined. And then um, I was like, well, I don't really have time to write a whole play now, so I'm going to adapt the play into uh, adapt the book into like a play. So then. Oh. So then I was like, okay, what would the play be about? <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. what? So ended up like using a lot of the, um, like I knew that like the the kind of like, um, I don't want to use this word, but like meat of the play was going to be like already there from the book, connect it with a story. And so I like made the story about basically me, a character is trying to write this book. And so... Yeah, that was really fun. I was obviously, I was nervous. I was nervous, but it also just seemed like so ridiculous that I like just felt kind of like I didn't really know what to think mm -hmm. because it was like nobody knew what to expect. <laughs> like Nobody knew like what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And and so I was like, I guess like, I, I remember like when I was, there was only really like two main like two main characters apart from me in the play and we were rehearsing and stuff and I remember I said to them uh Jordan and Chris like is this okay like does this seem insane and they were like what do you mean and I was like does this make sense like is this story like, mm -hmm. like and they were just kind of like I don't know why you said like they were just like yeah I, I think so and yeah. I was like I was like okay well I hope they, I was like they don't seem alarmed by it like they don't they're not like saying like this is this just is like nonsense. So um I thought, okay, well hopefully we can get through it. But then people like seemed to really enjoy it and it was like um really fun to do and I was surprised. Like it's really uh weird um like being on the stage and like having to like go through the motions of like what you know like you know what's gonna happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um and then like but you don't know how the pe how the people who are watching it are going to react so it feels kind of like there's this whole new element introduced like when you're actually mm -hmm. doing the performance where you're just like oh i did i didn't some I somehow didn't anticipate that, like you were going to that the audience were going to be doing things that i didn't plan you know yeah um so yeah but it was i would i would love to do like something like that again um and probably like, I don't know, maybe like, it would be hard. I, I feel like even though I've done it once now, I wouldn't even know where to start. Had you already started writing like another play? Yeah, yeah. That was like about something completely different. Um, I don't know if I'll, like, I, it's not, it's never been finished. I don't know if it, if, if, if it ever would be. It was funny, but like, I, I think I would probably need to have like a different idea. It's fun to okay. do. Well, ask you two <laughs> last questions and I'll let you go. Okay. So, how did you meet Theo? And then <laughs> how much? Because Theo, he actually like he helps me out a lot with this show. Like he like he messages me and like tells me people that I should get. Mm. He's very helpful. But and then also, uh, how much help do you get from like? Chris or Oscar, like behind the scenes that we don't see. Hmm. Um, okay. This is. A, I didn't anticipate that I would be talking about this. So this is a funny question. Um, so <laughs> I met Theo um, 
on online, I guess. Yeah, I met him online when he was about 17, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe not even that old. And I was like 26 or no, no, I wasn't. I was like maybe like 25, 24. Yeah, 24, I think. We were, we were a lot older than him. And uh, he sort of came into the, like, into our sphere. <laughs> um, and he was amazing. Like, his writing was really uh, inventive and original. And uh, he didn't know anybody. And so Sarah and I were, like, nice to him. And we were all friends. Like, I mean, it wasn't like we were just nice to him because he was young. Like, he was he was our yeah. friend. But, um yeah, then the, the first time I met him in New York, uh, we like convinced him to like come to New York to like go to some readings with us. And um, I like met him from the bus station when he arrived because he was young. <laughs> oh, and then like in the in the book, you said you saw his title like sitting like on like a, a ledge or something. I'm just like, is his title like something that you see a lot in New York, or did you see it because that was he had like written it like on? the awning or something yeah there was like i was in a park and there was like a sort of um i think it's like probably like a basketball court or like a tennis court or something with like a sort of chain link fence but then it has like you know that kind of like tarpaulin type stuff that's like mm-hmm. so, so you can't see through it and then in massive letters like spray painted it said omg the day which is like the name of his chat book i assume mm. that he i assume that he painted that on the wall because i as far as I know, that's not like a thing that anybody that is. I don't no. think it comes. I don't know if it comes from anywhere else. I assume that was just like his thing. I think that was. I imagine that was probably him. I hope. That's anyway. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then, how much um, does Chris help behind the scenes that we don't see? Like, does he help a lot, or like a little, or does he? Uh, no, I mean he helps a lot. Um, yeah. in different ways. Uh, I usually like if I um write something new i say can i read this for you um and obviously that helps because um like reading it aloud and like listening to how someone reacts mm-hmm. uh is like the best thing you could have um and you know sometimes he'll like laugh and think it's really funny or whatever and then sometimes he'll be like i don't know if you should say that um and um yeah so that yeah there's always that and then also obviously like just talking a lot like Mm -hmm. is um a a big help like talking through new ideas and stuff but then it also like helps with um like more boring stuff like proofreading and you know uh yeah you guys talk about uh, you guys talk about art like all the time I mean, like we talk about other stuff too, but like, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) I mean, I think so. And do you want to, I just like, this completely blanked on me, like, because usually people read something from their thing. Mm. Do you want to go or do you want to, would you like to Um, read one piece that I can put at the beginning of the show? Yeah, I can read something if you want and then we can go. Yeah, Um, yeah. we've been here two hours. (laughs) I know, sorry, it's so long. Um, hmm. which one would you like to read? I don't know. I haven't um like read anything really, you know, 
Um, Maybe the Chronicle of Tafe, since we talked about it so much. Um, yeah, this is the Chronicle of Tafe. Every Thursday evening, Hussein Kamal drives the two hours back from Jeddah where he works to Taif where he lives. The heat in Jeddah is very intense, 35 degrees in December. But inland in the mountains, he can walk around comfortably in the evenings. He can visit the barber shop wearing a polo shirt that says tough across his chest. He likes driving. Whenever he wants to think, he goes for a drive. Where, it doesn't matter. He just wants to be moving. If he stays still, he wants to go to sleep. But when he's driving, he wants to think about his life. He can access some kind of clarity. He can weave his way through the traffic and see himself from without. On the highway, he opens the English learning app and scrolls through the available teachers. Unconsciously, he clicks on the picture of a dark-haired white girl, Sarah. Sarah, I like your name, he tells her. Sarah is Arabic name. It is not really her name, but she says thank you anyway. Sarah asks him where he's going and about his day. She asks him where he lives and he begins his story. He was born in Palestine. His citizenship is Jordanian, but he's been living in Saudi Arabia for 17 years. A lot of people live in Saudi Arabia for work, he says. She doesn't ask about his work and he doesn't try to tell her. He navigates the traffic as they make small talk, his phone supported by a holder on the dashboard. He explains the geography of the region, the climate, etc. She tells him that she lives in France, but that she is originally from England, and he asks her which is better. It's not exactly the question he wants to ask, and she knows that. What he means is, what are the differences and why did you go there? But she fumbles over some explanation about the culture, the food, the language. And in the meantime, he parks his car, having arrived back in Taif. Are you married? He asks her, point blank. Yes, my husband is French, she tells him, clearly marking herself as unavailable, he understands, while doubting that she is telling the truth. Any children, he asks. No, she says, what about you? And that's when he really gets going. He has four children, three boys and a girl, another one on the way, in three months. He will be another boy. Congratulations, she tells him. About their ages, the oldest is 16 and his little girl is three. I'm 30, he jokes. Oh, so cute, says Sarah, ignoring him. There is a big age gap between the oldest and the youngest. Yes, I got married when I was 24, he tells her. And there was one more child too, but he died. Oh, she says, unprepared. He was in an accident. What happened? He was playing football and the ball was kicked into the road. Oh no. And he went to get the ball and oh no. There was an accident and he died. Oh no. Sarah was so terribly sorry, as Hussein had expected. He told her about how difficult it had been because he had no family in Saudi Arabia. They all live in Palestine and Jordan. It was just him and his wife and his remaining children. When did this happen, Sarah asked him. About two years ago, Hussein told her, at the start of the pandemic. Could anybody come to visit? Yes, they came after two or three days, but it was difficult for anybody to enter Saudi Arabia. Hussein had gotten out of the car and was now walking down a quiet street. Where are you now, Sarah asked. I am walking in the district, he said, the district of my barbers. What time is it in Saudi Arabia, Sarah asked him, knowing full well what time it was in Saudi Arabia. It is about 9 p.m., he told her. And you can go to the barber shop at 9 p.m.? Yes, he will open until 12 a.m. Everybody works in the evenings here because it is too hot during the day. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for coming on. This was fucking awesome. Thanks for having me. And thanks for supporting the book. And, oh, no problem. And... I will always support your shit. <laughs> thank you. Have a good um, night. You too. Bye. Bye.